What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. All right. I'm excited about our next guest. Me and him have gotten closer, I think, than we ever were in Tennessee over the last few years. Um, This is his third year being with us at Cross Connection on Saturday night. So, uh, man, that first year was powerful. Last year was good, but he had a little bit of a cold last year, so he didn't have a voice. But tonight, the devil tried to give it to him this week, and he's still got a voice. Y'all ready? Amen. Y'all be ready to welcome Pastor Aaron Michael. Well, hasn't God been good in here? Yeah. I've told my spiritual sons for years that whenever you get up to minister, always be sensitive to the fact that the most important voice that people will hear and so the fact that God has done his thing tonight, I would change nothing. I would change nothing. Because it's in the presence of the Lord where you find what you need. It's in the presence of the Lord where you find what you've been looking for. You can search the world all over and go through different avenues, different things, different tactics in different ways. But one moment. In the presence of God, Amen. To change everything. Come on, is there anybody in here that you've had a moment with Jesus that significantly changed your life? Amen. Come on, is there anybody in this tent that can go back to the point where they had a moment with God where your life was revolutionized? Come on, just take a minute and go back to that place where God touched you. Come on, just in your mind, just go back to that right now. Come on, go back to that place. Go back to that place where he set you free, where he delivered you, where he moved in your life. That place, that was the moment that got you here. Come on, just let that stir up in you again. What happened back when? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, someone. Just keep going back to that moment. Come on, God's doing something. God's doing something. That's it. Go back to that place. For some of you, it might be the moment God saved you. Go back to that place. Come on, God's setting up the atmosphere for just the next few minutes. That's it. That's it. Come on, let it stir in you again. That moment that he filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, let that fire burn in you again. Well, I felt it. When I said it, I felt it. Come on, I'm going back to when I was nine years old. Grandmother's church and God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. I feel it, I feel it. Come on, God told me to come up here and release it. If any more could be released in this place tonight, God just told me to release it. This is God's night. This is his night. This is God's night. 
Come on, let God stir up and fill those wells in your life once more. Hey. Hey. This is what you do in environments like this. You just wait on the Lord. You just wait on Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lay hands on that person next to you for a moment. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for everything that you have done in this place tonight. But God, we're still hungry for more. Lord, we're thankful for how you have spoken and how you have touched us in this place. But that's not all you have. We want everything that you have. We want everything that you have, God. There's still a hunger inside of us, Lord. We want more. We want more. We want more. Come on, just tell it out of your own heart. Say, God, I want you. Come on, just long after Jesus for a moment. Father, we want you. We want you. We need you. We've got to have you more of you more of you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus come on let your hunger cry out to you thank you Jesus blessing are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be did you not know that I would come like I said says the spirit of the Lord did you not know that I would come in on wings like as of angels for unto you this night has been given an outpour of my presence for my spirit will be your portion says the spirit of the Lord for the cry of your heart has reached my throne, and I've heard you, and I have found you in the position of the threshing floor looking for the wheat, and God says, tonight the wheat has been given unto you, and God says, I have taken away the tail, and you will not be found wanting, for tonight you will be filled. Just lift your hands, come on, lift your hands. Every eye closed, lift your hands, receive that. Mm.
says that the glory of the Lord filled the temple so strong that the ministers could not even perform their duties. Mm. Mm. And it was when they got the temple in order that the presence of the Lord was able to show up. Wow, amen. It was when they got everything lined out that the glory of God was able to permeate the room and fill the temple. So much so that the works of man became completely unnecessary. Because the glory of the Lord produces what we cannot do by our own. The glory of the Lord brings out things that our works could not do. We can't make manifest what God can do in a breath. Amen. We can work a lifetime and do all that we can. But when the glory of the Lord shows up, the works of man stop. Amen. Amen. In the last days, God said, I would pour out my spirit on all flesh. And we're seeing that right now. Amen. It's an outpour of the Holy Ghost that is so strong that all we got to do is just let God do His thing. Amen. Because it's in the moment that we let God do His thing that something happens in our life. Turn to the book of Luke. I'm going to be real quick. I'm going to be real quick. Book of Luke chapter 19. I want to talk to you about the story of a man named Zacchaeus. And as the night has unfolded, it has made me all the more excited about what God has put on my heart to share with you because literally everything that has happened has set up for what I know God wants to do at the end tonight because I know without the shadow of a doubt that tonight your hunger for God is going to be reignited. Amen. How many of you would just like to become more and more and more hungry for Jesus like never before? Luke chapter 19. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 6. 
I'm reading in the New King James Version. For those of you that have your Bibles, I'll wait and your page is flipping. For those of you that are finding this on your phone, you're cheating. <laughs> but it's all right. I'll play it. I promise I'll play it. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. He looked up and saw him Amen. and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Amen. I want to talk to you just, I promise just for a few minutes and then we're going to get right back into what God is doing. I want to talk to you on the subject of position. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. neighbor. Are you in the right position? Your other neighbor wasn't because you didn't talk to them. Just look at them so they feel like they're they welcome too. Like all, all the neighbors, y'all feel welcome. We're welcome, church. I said one time, I said, look at the neighbor you didn't like enough to choose first one time. And this guy looked over at his, his wife and went. They both came to the altar at the end. It was, it was great. God healed them. It was awesome. Pastor caused ascension, but the Lord won't God do it. Zacchaeus. It's an interesting story about an interesting man. Although his story is short, the power of what is mentioned about Zacchaeus is extremely significant because this is actually the only time in Scripture that Zacchaeus is mentioned in these few passages in the book of Luke. And I'm so glad that Luke mentioned him because it shows us the power of what happens when you get in the right place at the right time. But furthermore, when I look into the life of Zacchaeus, I see a man who had a hunger inside of him that was so strong and so real and so fervent that he was willing to do something unusual to see and experience something exceptional. Mm. Amen. Sometimes you have got to break out of your norms and do something that makes no sense whatsoever so that way your life can get positioned for God to do something that makes no sense whatsoever. The Bible says that he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But sometimes for that to happen, it takes us getting into the right position in our lives for God to be able to come in and do what he wants to do. And so when I look at the life of Zacchaeus, I'm just going to preach the story of Zacchaeus. Notes don't matter. We're just going to talk for a minute. And then God's going to do his thing. When I look at the life of Zacchaeus, the Bible says that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. Now, I don't know how many of you like the IRS. If you wait up for that phone call from the IRS, first of all, you weird. But Zacchaeus in his day would be what was our modern IRS, but he was far more oppressive. He was a chief tax collector. He didn't just oppress the people to get the taxes. He's a guy that oppressed the people, that oppressed the people that gave the taxes to make sure the people were oppressed enough to give their taxes. 
But when you look at the life of tax collectors, they were actually very evil, very greedy people. They were very known for taking more than they were supposed to. They were literally draining the people dry. They were persecuting, putting pressure on the people. So it goes without saying, people didn't like Zacchaeus. He would not have been a popular guy in his day. But we see this small narrative in Scripture that tells of a man who was unliked in his culture. But when he heard that Jesus was coming through, there was something that ignited on the inside of him that caused him to move out of where he was and do something unusual to see Jesus. That excites me because there are times in my life where I feel like Zacchaeus, where I'm not worthy, where I know that I've been counted out or, or I'm less than or people don't really believe in me and they don't really like me. But I'm encouraged by the story because it lets me know that even when I feel down, I can get up and still have an encounter with the presence of the Lord. Positioning is important. Ask anybody who's ever had something heavy fall on them. They will tell you that positioning matters. There are some people that they literally were in the right place at the right time, won a great reward, won a car, whatever the case may be. Positioning is important in our lives because a lot of times positioning determines our destiny. Positioning determines our direction. Positioning can really literally lay out the foundation of our life. And it's important to know how, position, how, how important positioning is because your positioning is determined by your desire. A man plans his ways, but the Lord orders his steps. We desire what way that we should go. I plan where I'm going to position myself to get where I feel like I want to go. Our position is directed by our desires. I lived through this, so I'm going to tell a story. When me and my wife met, so it was a Wednesday night after church. She came up and talked to me. We had never spoken before. I didn't know who she was. And there was a group of people our age that were going out to eat. And she said, hey, this is a small group, 20-somethings, whatever, we're going out to eat. Do you want to join? Well, I had a group of friends that were waiting for me at another place and said, look, hey, I'd love to come out with y'all, but I've got these guys waiting. Let me rain check with y'all. I'll come back another time. Then I'll watch her walk away. I got my truck and I was like, you fool. You're going to eat with John, Billy, and Bubba and this fine girl just asked you to go eat with them. And in that moment, my position was directed because of my desire. I didn't even tell my friends I wasn't showing up. I just went where she was. It didn't take long for me to figure out this girl's good, hot, and holy. She don't be mine. There was something in me in that moment that said, I've got to be where she's at. I can't miss this opportunity. This is my chance. And I was homeschooled. You don't give me any of them chances. But there was something in my life that said, if this is going to happen, I've got to go. And it was by my desire 
that my direction was changed. Amen. Have you ever had God change your direction? And when Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming, there was something that happened on the inside of him that caused a course correction. And he said, I have got to see Jesus. There was a hunger and a thirst and a passion on the inside of him that said, I have got to go where Jesus is at. And the Bible says, that he goes and he was a short stature have you ever felt a short stature and I'm not just talking to the short people have you ever just felt I ain't saying I didn't call them to point fingers you ain't been judged we good the Bible keys in on this he said Zacchaeus knew when he went that he was of short stature. There was something inside of him that says, I'm not going to be able to do this. Have you ever felt limited by something in here? You're trying to step out. You're trying to move. You're trying to reposition. You're trying to do what God put on your heart to do. But you just felt that thing on the inside that says, mm, I don't know if this is going to work. I know what I feel in my heart but what I see with my eyes doesn't match what I feel in my heart. And if we're not careful, when we allow what we see with our eyes to affect what we feel in our heart, we will never see with our eyes what we feel in our heart. Amen. Let me say that again. If we are not careful, we will allow what we see with our eyes to keep us from seeing with our eyes what we feel in our heart. Amen. But when we let our hunger supersede our limitation and we determine on the inside of ourselves that no matter what I've got to do, I have got to see Jesus. Amen. God will make a way. So the Bible says that Jesus is coming through Jericho and he's going to pass by. Jesus has no intention of stopping. He's literally on his way through. And Zacchaeus says, this is my chance. I've got to see Jesus. And so the Bible says that he runs. And he finds a sycamore fig tree. And he climbs it. And he waits for Jesus to come. And imagine what that must have felt like for Zacchaeus, who everybody there would have hated this guy. And here he is. The man of stature, the tax collector, who sits in the tax booth every day, and now he's, for whatever reason, sitting on the branch of a tree above all these people. And imagine the jeers and the looks. You see, you see Zacchaeus. Who does he think he is? That little short, stumpy tax collector. He thinks he wants to see Jesus. Jesus has nothing for him. Look at him climbing that tree. That's stupid. You ever had someone just talk about you? Those negative voices that start piping up when you decide to reposition into the will of God. While you were waiting in your fig tree for what God told you to manifest, 
And you have to listen to all the naysayers down here. But my Bible tells me that the enemy is under my feet. So while you're in your tree waiting, just remember that those who are jeering at you and talking about you, they're under your feet. What amazes me so much about this story is the time and the setting, really. Because we have so little in this story until you really start to dig in. And when you dig into this story, you find so much amazing truth. But to understand the truth of the story, you have to go back to Luke chapter 13. Because in Luke chapter 13, while Jesus is on his way to Jericho, Jesus tells the disciples the parable of the fig tree. And this is amazing because here is Jesus on his way to Jericho. And Zacchaeus is running to a fig tree in Luke 19. But in Luke 13, Jesus is telling his disciples the parable of the fig tree. And he said, there was a man with a fig tree. And then the owner of the tree came up. And I'm going to paraphrase. We're just going to talk. He said, the owner of the tree came up. And he said, for three years, this fig tree has not produced any fruit. Cut it down. The man looks at him and says, first off, hold up. Don't come at me. First, let me till around the tree. Let me fertilize it this season. Give the tree one more chance. And if it produces fruit this time, well, it's good. And if it doesn't, cut it down. And Jesus starts walking. And they walk. And imagine with me what the disciples must have been doing in their minds. Can we just jump into the scripture for a minute? Yes. Okay, I got three of y'all. Can the rest of us? Can we jump into the scripture for a minute? I feel so much better now. Thank you. Go with me into the narrative of this story and imagine you're one of the disciples following Jesus thinking, that was random. And you're thinking about the story of a fig tree as you're walking into Jerusalem or Jericho and you're seeing all these people lining the road. And what's amazing about this story, so if you study fig trees in Jesus' day, they produce two harvests. One in June and one in August. But when you study the setting of the scripture, here is Jesus and his disciples, and they're walking in March and April. So they're early on the fig harvest. And so the fig trees in that time, in that area, weren't ripe for harvest. And Jesus is telling his disciples about a fig tree not producing fruit. And they're walking and seeing fig trees, thinking about this story, thinking, man, what in the world does that have to do with anything? But they're used to Jesus telling parables, so they keep going. And as they walk along, and they get to Jericho, they're walking down the road, and then Jesus notices a man in a sycamore fig tree. And so now imagine with me you're the disciples, because you see this dude in a fig tree, and then Jesus looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down. Come down right now. I've got to stay in your house. And the disciples are seeing this whole thing play out. And it amazed me. Because the tree wasn't ready for harvest. The fruit wasn't ripe. And Jesus just told his disciples a parable about a fig tree that wasn't producing fruit. And then Jesus enters Jericho. 
and sees a fig tree not ready for harvest, but there was fruit in the tree named Zacchaeus. And Jesus said, that fruit is ripe for harvest. Come on off the tree, fruit. Come on down the tree. I'm saying in your house. You see, when Jesus shows up and it's not the right time, it's still on time. Your tree may not be right for harvest. It might not be producing fruit. But whenever Jesus shows up, he will find fruit in a barren tree. the harvest but he knew there was going to be a harvest waiting in the tree and he told the disciples the parable so that way when they entered into Jericho they could see with their eyes what he spoke into their heart have you ever been in a place where you didn't see what we were talking about earlier you didn't see with your eyes what you felt in your heart Friends, I've come to tell you tonight, don't give up yet because Jesus is entering Jericho. And you may feel like a barren tree, but I've come to tell somebody, Jesus can find fruit. Isn't this good? He found fruit in the tree before the tree was ready to be harvested. And he set the disciples up. So that way, when they got into Jericho, it would all make sense. Amen. Mm. Amen. But the story doesn't stop with Zacchaeus coming out of the tree. Because if you remember in the parable, the owner of the tree wanted to cut the tree down. We represent the owners in the tree. The one that tended the tree represents Jesus. The owner said, cut it down. It hasn't produced fruit in three years. It is stale. It is stagnant. It's not doing anything. I'm not making money off of it. Cut the thing down. Farmer says, give it one more chance. Don't cut it yet. <laughs> give it one more chance. Have you ever had something in your life that God spoke to you, but it wasn't producing the fruit you thought it should? What are those areas in your life that you've been waiting on harvest, but the harvest has not come? What are those things in your life that God spoke to you a long time ago that you would thought you would have thought by now you would have seen so much more progress in, but there's no fruit being produced? What are those sycamore fig trees in your life? That you've been tempted to cut down. Friends, I want to tell you something. Don't cut the tree. Don't cut the tree. God sent me here to tell somebody, don't cut it, climb it. Because if you will change your position. When Jesus shows up, that tree will have fruit in it. Could it be that you're the fruit for what God told you? You just haven't started climbing it yet. Mm. Amen. Jesus, he's the only one, that, he's a bad boy. He's the only one that can set this thing up like this. Because literally, six chapters before, he tells them the story of a fruit tree not producing fruit. And then he goes and finds fruit. And what Jesus told them in their spirit 
became a physical word picture and all made sense. Because had the tree not been next to the road, Zacchaeus would have never had the opportunity to see Jesus. Don't cut the tree. It ain't time to cut it. It's time to climb it. Amen. It's time to change your position. Get in the right position. Look at your neighbor again and say, are you in the right position? Amen. In the right position. Jesus was entering Jericho in the months of March and April. It keeps going. Because when you look at the Jewish calendar and you look at what was going on in March and April in that time in the Jewish calendar in Jesus' day, that was what was called the month of Nisan. Us rednecks would call it the month of Nisan. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty funny. March and April, the months of Nisan. The month of Nisan is the month of first fruits. Yes. It's the month of deliverance. And it's the month of Passover. And here's Jesus telling his disciples in the month of first fruits about a barren tree that wasn't ready for harvest. And in the month of first fruits, he finds fruit. And guess what? It wasn't long after this. In the month of Nisan, that Jesus was crucified. He tells Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. Salvation has come to your house today. And in the same month, Jesus gets on a tree. And salvation came to our house. Amen. Don't cut the tree down. Don't cut it down. Don't cut it down. It's not time to cut it down, friend. It's time to climb it. It's time to change your position. It's time to get in the right position. And it all starts with hunger for him. Amen. Brother, would you come and just play that? Play the chorus of that for me. It's all about getting in the right position, and your desire determines your direction. And it was desire for Jesus that caused Zacchaeus to get up in the tree because he said, I've got to have Jesus. And it changed his life forever. Is this okay? Is this touching you like it touched me? Yes. This blessed me exponentially, Pastor Trent, when I was studying this. Amen. Because it let me know that I can stay hungry for him. Jesus, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, he will. Bible says of the woman with the issue of blood when she had spent all she had and grew no better but grew worse. She heard that Jesus was coming. And what she did, she changed her position. Mm, amen. How many of you just want Jesus tonight? Amen. Come on, lift your hand high. How many of you want Jesus amen. tonight? God is going to Put a new hunger in you tonight. We're going to get hungrier for him than we've ever been tonight. That's what this moment is about. Yes. Amen. And all it takes 
is for us to just change our position and cry out for more of Jesus. More of Jesus. Yes, Can you do that right now? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just tell him I want you. Come on, just tell Jesus I want more of you. Close your eyes. Come on, this is you and him right now. 